Hi, this is Steph from Host Agency Reviews, and this is a recording from a presentation I attended at the New York Times Travel Show, their trade day. Um, it was a medical tourism presentation specifically for travel agents, and it has three presenters, um, one from a medical travel facilitator's perspective, one from an insurance um, perspective, and one from a medical tourism destination. So in the show notes to this recording, we'll have links to the different presenters as well as their companies, and we'll also have links to our errors and emissions article. So you can, if you don't have errors and emissions for your agency, you can number one, learn about it. Um, number two, learn who you can get it from. And number three, make sure that your errors and emissions insurance policy covers you if you're selling um, medical tourism. So without further ado, here is the presentation. Enjoy. Medical travel facilitator, which she will tell you all about. And then we have going to just, and Tracy Simmons is president of Custom Insurance, which offers a product that Wellbeing Travel promotes um, and that is for travel agents to sell to your clients who may be going on a medical travel experience or having a medical travel procedure. And I know the insurance question always comes up when we speak to travel agents. So Tracy's here to give you some background information on that. And then Dr. Mary Wong, who is from, who is head of the healthcare, the healthcare council in Malaysia. And she comes from the healthcare background, but she works closely with the Malaysia Tourism Council. Um, and she's going to give us information as about Malaysia as a destination for medical travel and actually wellness travel. I'll let you be the hybrid from the wellness to the to the medical. Um, so with that, David, do you want to just talk a few minutes about how you got into this business and what it is you do? Sure. Great. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Cheryl, for being here. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Um, by way of background, um, I'm, a, I'm an ex-hospital CEO, so I've worked in that space here in the United States for about 15 years of my career. I've also been a medical traveler to multiple uh, countries, a dental traveler to two countries, and a wellness traveler now, which is counting sitting here to seven different countries uh, over the last five or ten years. One of the mistakes I've made in my life is waiting until I was, I think, 47 years old to have my first massage, and uh, <laughs> wouldn't make that again. And uh, I will tell you, most recently at the Encore Hotel and the spa in Las Vegas, it was absolutely over the top, and um, highly recommended. And in fact, would go back to for a spa um, experience. Um, our company, Companion Global Healthcare, as Amory mentioned, we are a wholly owned subsidiary of Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina. We've been in business um, since about 2006, uh, not about, but since 2006, and we both facilitate medical tourism, um, and we also do a lot of benefits consultancy, and I'll explain a little bit about that. Um, so our, our focus, we, we work directly with consumers, so we have a, a B2C posture, if you will, and um, so we help individual consumers travel abroad, travel to other countries, not just from, from the U.S. and from Canada, but from other countries as well, to two, two different countries for things like rotator cuff repair, knee replacement, a hernia repair, um, things of that nature. Um, but we also do a lot of work with employers. And uh, so we contract with a number of employers, I think in 26 states now is my, uh, up to date on that. And we work, a lot of employers, what we do is we really help employers to understand that if they change their, their deductibles and co-pays and their member, their employee out of office, we their folks to travel abroad for surgical care that they can save the employee, employee a lot of money, the self-insured employer can save thousands and thousands of dollars, and really, really we can avail folks to a really a high quality experience. 
And um, I will tell you that about 95% of our travelers do bring a companion. We like that word for a number of reasons. Um, and we recommend, again, folks that are into surgical, that are on a, on a surgical holiday, that they, if they're going to do anything really travel-related or, or tourism-related, that they do it before they have uh, surgery. Um, so a couple points. In, in a market that, that we're in, in the whole medical tourism market, there are very few barriers to entry. Um, and I think it becomes a very much a resulting then buyer beware environment, okay? Um, and because of that, um, we, we really believe and we've seen that you know, identifying trusted partners is, is absolutely critical in this space. Um, I, I, you know, some of the folks in the audience as well, we go back several years, you go out to, to Google or Yahoo and put in medical tourism, there might be 2,000 population things would come up. Now it's in the millions and millions and millions. And again, there are just a, there are a large number of medical travel facilitators out there. You really need to ask a lot of questions from a due diligence standpoint. So we think it's important who we keep company with. Um, we've taken a lot of time and effort to, to pick the partners. Um, we facilitate travel um, exclusively with well-being travel um, agents. Um, we've, for a number of reasons, um, it's really, really important that the agents and, the, and the really understand um, that, again, if folks, uh, if their employer is not paying for, for business class tickets, um, or, the, or the particular consumer can, that they really understand they need to be looking for, for, for aisle seats, for bulkhead seating, and things of that nature. Sounds pretty inherent, but believe me, it's really not. A lot of consumers might go out to travel philosophy or something um, and, and really um, be sorry that they did. Um, we also, Tracy's going to share a little bit with you about a policy uh, program that they offer called GPS, or Global Protective Solutions. We recommend it exclusively. Um, and we include just a very limited number of hospitals in our network. And um, um, one, one of those actually is in Malaysia that, that Dr. Mary's going to speak about. Um, and the final point that I would say um, to go on is that I think being in this space now for, for about eight years, I think that there are really, in my observation, really th three countries in the world that get it, where the public sector of the government and the private sector really work in a very coordinated fashion, not only to, to attract medical travelers and, and wellness travelers, um, but really to, um, to, to, to coordinate and, and to keep track of from a statistical standpoint. And those would be South Korea, Turkey, um, and without, in my opinion, without doubt, probably the most prolific in this space is Malaysia. So it's a real treat that we have Dr. Mary Wong to share with us as well. So we'll answer questions a little bit later on. Thank you so much, David. How many of you are agents in the audience? Just to get a... Okay. So does everybody understand what medical travel is? Okay. Great. So now you've heard from a facilitator, a bona fide medical travel facilitator, what's happening in, happening in the corporate market, um, particularly with the benefits plan. Now, Tracy, would you just give some information as to if an agent gets involved with medical travel? And I just want to make it very clear from well-being's viewpoint and my 30 years plus experience in the travel industry that we do not want travel agents selling medical procedures to your clients. We do not condone it, we want, but we do believe that you should be educated on it because we believe that your clients are already going out of their home city, whether intra-US or outbound, for medical procedures. David gave you many examples. We don't think the agent should be involved in the relationship with the actual medical procedure, which is why we partner, we also vet our partners very well as well. Thanks, David. This is why we partner with Companion Global Healthcare because we believe they know what they're doing. There is no financial relationship between well-being travel and Companion Global Healthcare. 
nor will there be any financial arrangement if you recommend or refer a, cl a client to them. What we want travel agents to do is stay on the travel side of the business and see medical travel as another segment of your business, just like meetings and incentives or cruise or specific leisure or luxury. You handle the travel arrangement, including the air and the hotel and the family that may be going with the, with the um, patient traveler, as we like to call it, and then, of course, the land arrangements with possibly a DMC. So I just want to be clear on that part. But your, your, your customers should know, how do I protect myself if something goes wrong? Tracy? Normally, this topic is a, is a presentation on its own, and um, we have to get rid of the bodyguards in the back to keep you in the room, because I know insurance is not as glamorous as travel. However, um, how many in here regularly sell travel accident insurance when they book travel? And I know that that's a revenue source for you as well, so there's a couple things to be aware of. I do have a presentation. I wasn't going to use it, but I will. It's, it's detailed, so I'll, I'll take some highlights from it. Do you have the clicker, Anne-Marie? Oh, okay, thank you. Could you speak into the microphone a little bit? Yeah, sorry. Um, is this one working? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I always think I have a very loud voice and everybody hears me. And plus, I have a southern accent, so if you get around that in New York, then that'll be good as well. Um, so the question is, if what, what if something goes wrong? Of course, six years ago, we developed medical travel accident insurance um, with our partners to meet the needs that they were hearing. What happens if something goes wrong? Who's liable? How do I get recourse? It's an international legal setting sometimes. Um, Regular travel accident insurance that you sell that provides evac assistance service, trip cancellation, um, the medical insurance while they're abroad, typically has an exclusion if people are traveling for the purpose of receiving medical care. I have not found a policy that does not have an exclusion. So if you see one out there, uh, you're getting, I'll be surprised. So we had to develop a specialty product for that that specifically addressed those needs. And you can imagine if you're booking travel arrangements for a medical tourist, where are they going to come when something goes wrong? So this is a lot of information to cover in just an introduction, but I just wanted you to be aware that there's policies out there that cover accidental injury. Um, and illness while traveling, whether that's leisure or um, as a result of a complication of the medical procedure. You can have death, um, a death benefit, a dismemberment, a disability benefit in that. It's sold on the number of days of travel. There's online enrollments. We partner as well with Wellbeing Travel. Um, they provide access to this product through their membership. Um, it also includes family coordination and, uh, I said, the assistance service. So if something um, happened while the medical traveler was overseas, this would be the source of recourse to help mitigate exposure to liability and risk and give your patient an over or your traveler an overall good experience. Uh, I don't want to get in too much detail about the coverage in this short introduction, but I'll be around afterwards if you have any questions, and we also have brochures at the Wellbeing Travel um, booth. Um, there is also a quick note if you're selling medical tourism 
um, or facilitating medical trips, which Amory has made a distinction not to do, that you need to check your professional liability policy as well to make sure it allows for that. It's a lot to say in an introduction, but I know. But at least you know that there's an insurance um, package that you can sell that is commissionable to you, to your clients who are medical traveler patients, and, and Tracy can give you some more information. Um, how much coverage does it allow? Let me at least ask that. Um, limits are available up to 250000 so um, any people are buying anywhere from fifty dollars to $250,000 worth of coverage. Keep in mind they have to be leaving their home country, so it's not for domestic medical travel. And the cost of medical procedures overseas can be as little as one-tenth of what they are here. So when you think of those limits, you go, that's kind of small, but if a complication occurs overseas, the cost to... We've never exceeded those limits. The only time we've paid full limits was when we had a death. So, and it's also important to know. Tracy touched on your E&O insurance and all of the E&O insurance policy that we are aware of. Well, B Travels aware of in the travel agency community does not exclude medical travel. So I am told by those um, insurance companies like a Berkeley, if it does not exclude it, then you are covered. Okay. Next, so we know that there are medical travel facilitators, we know that people are traveling and we believe the business is going to really grow, particularly with our healthcare program. We've got insurance so that your customers are protected. Now I'd like to have Dr. Mary Wong speak a little bit about Malaysia as a destination. David mentioned a few of them. We have others. Las Vegas is still here, and they consider themselves a medical travel uh, destination as well. Thailand. So there are many destinations, but Malaysia is a perfect example of what's going on in both wellness and medical travel. Dr. Mary? Right. Thank you. Um, first of all, let me introduce myself. I am uh, Mary, and I'm from the Ministry of Health Malaysia, and we promote uh, healthcare travel to um, the world. <laughs> Okay. This is to show you that Malaysia is, uh, this is our city in the night, Kuala Lumpur, uh, ranked one of the top 10 tourist destinations in 2013 by UNWTO, third best place to retire in the world, and third in the healthcare category as among the world best and most affordable by international living recently after France and Peru. First of all, you must know what is the current scenario today. I'm going to share with you, educate probably all of us here about uh, healthcare travel. Now, global healthcare cost is going to rise. There's two things going to rise and not come down, which is your age and healthcare cost. That's not the reverse. All right. For example, US spend about 18% of your GDP. More than I heard, it's more than three trillion dollars spent on healthcare. Yet, 55 are without healthcare and to be insured under the Affordable Care Act. And 130 million without dental insurance, 30 underinsured, and yet there are certain procedures not covered. You are not alone, okay? In UK, they have a good healthcare system, yet 9.6% of GDP goes to healthcare, and 40% will go abroad to beat waiting times, right? They have long waiting times for hip and knee procedures, you know, a replacement. China, huge country, 5.1% uh, spent on uh, healthcare, on G uh, GDP from, for healthcare, and yet they have 78% of their population that goes out uh, for out-of-pocket payment and they travel abroad. Okay? So healthcare coverage are mostly tied to employers. 
Now, this, this phenomenon, I would say, is a tsunami. Why is it a tsunami? Because seeking treatment across borders is a growing phenomenon. Now, to some, it savings up to 70% of the travel expenses. To some, it's expanded coverage. You say, you see, your insurance might not cover certain procedures. This is where it is. they go out for those procedures, electives, wellness care, and low-risk procedures. So some is cutting diagnostic time. To assess an MRI or a CD scan, you may have to wait. But over in Malaysia, you don't wait. You just go the day you, you get your appointment. All right? And sometimes waiting time can, can trouble you, so waiting time can, you know. So you need the peace of mind. And some is cost-effective benefit, value for money, because you have comparable quality standards and similar international accreditation. Now, to some, it's simply having access of care. There are different parts of the world they don't, they can't access care at all. So this is where they travel out, and having more choices, and having a totally new experience seeking care across borders. And today, there are more than 50 countries around the world seeking care. All right. So Malaysia is a medical travel destination. Is this? We are highly regulated. We have an Act of Parliament that governs the licensing of private hospitals to ensure that the safety and the quality measures are there, uh, the quality standards are there, sorry. And we have GCI and MSQH. MSQH is a national accreditation body, accreditation body, so we have the JCI and MSQH hospitals. Malaysian hospitals are skillful because each specialist spent 15 years in the public sector before they come out to the private sector. And most of our specialty, uh, we have a lot of subspecialty. Our private hospitals are tertiary hospitals. And 80% of our surgeons do minimally invasive surgery. That means laparoscopic surgery, keyhole surgery, where there's less time. You don't spend a lot of time in the hospital. Probably a day surgery, like spine surgery, it's only 20 minutes, and you move out. You sort of uh, discharge the next day. So prices are kept. We have a 30 fee schedule, Google, and all our prices are transparent. You can check that out. And uh, single pricing. Sorry, because uh, sorry. Okay. Uh, single pricing for all local and foreigner, and savings can be as high as 75%. There's a combination of Western and Eastern medicine in Malaysian hospitals. That means you can choose whether you want to do a TCM or a Western medicine. Uh, and then English is widely spoken. These are points. This is just to show you our MRI. Our doctor's patient relationship is very good. We spend about 45 minutes for the first visit, at least 15 to half an hour for the second visit and subsequent visits. Okay, this is some of the, we heard, we all this, uh, uh, this is the baby having their massage in the hospital, <laughs> uh, complimentary uh, rehab, and then you have nutrition, you need a dietitian and nutritionist assisting you in, in uh, you know, your dieting, and then your wellness program, your neck lift, your face lift, non-invasively done. Of course, this is a traditional medicine done in a hospital setting. And of course, your exactly health screening. These are non-invasive, easily you can sell them, you know. Alright, Malaysia is a multicultural country. We have three in one, why I say three in one, we have three main uh, uh, ethnic group. And these are the ones, we have Malay massage, all Indian all massage, and Chinese carving, acupuncture, and hot stone. Alright, you don't have to go to three countries, you can actually experience them all in one country. Alright, and then this is the place where you are, you are getting your massage right in the center of the natural setting. Natural environment, right in the jungle. And you can, I have been to one of these actually, you see the river at the, at the bottom of your, your massage table. And right in the jungle you hear the birds chipping and so on, so it's very relaxing. These are, you see, and this is a water bath which is very popular in Malaysia and we use a lot of natural herbs. Next. This is a hot spring, limestone, and this is a fantastic, beautiful uh, resort with fabulous spas. I have been there myself. 
Of course, our tropical jungle is an attraction. This is a place that we have the beautiful bar, uh, spa together with... Um, I, I've been there, this is Sabah, this is in Borneo Island. It's a beautiful place and, and of course, whenever you go there, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a cup of ginger tea or herb tea. Nice. Okay, this is to show you Penang Adventist Hospital, one of American-based hospitals in, in, in Malaysia. It's based in Penang, uh, established in 1924. And these are some of the procedures. They face it about 900 US dollars. If you do a health screening for 200 US dollars, angiogram from 900 to 1,000 US dollars. So you can say that you can see that some of these prices are very com competitive and affordable. Next, um, okay. These are also some of the prices. Uh, some of them are as low as you know. Uh, for example, this is probably 10 percent. IVF is very popular. Liposuction, health screening. So you can see that. Um, comparing U.S. prices, uh, Malaysia is very competitive. Next, some of our charges is Prince Medical Center, one of the top hospitals in Malaysia, and our this is a single room. We're all single rooms in this hospital. Pay seventy U.S. dollars per day, and it's a suite, four hundred fifteen U.S. dollars. All right, multicultural cuisine. Okay, when you come to Malaysia, you will love the food here. People just adore. This is my favorite. Of course, satay. It's, it's very cheap, it's not costly, okay? These are all very reasonable. Okay, this is a five-star hotel in Ritz-Carlton, KL. 250, look at the room. And with a butler service for 400 ringgit, uh, 400 US dollars, a premium suite room, right? Uh, this is to show you how much Malaysia have grown in the last couple of years. We started with uh, 2007, 341 medical tourists, medical travelers coming to Malaysia. Last year, we received this, the latest figure I just received two, yesterday. 768,000 foreign patients. Right. Next. These are some of the packages that we have. Dental packages, three, four days, three nights medical tourism package, dental whitening, and we have like a lot of, uh, you know, attraction is what we do. Okay, this is cosmetic packaging. We have breast augmentation, 10 nights luxury stay, hair transplant, and so on. So some of these are our packages. And thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Mary. I can tell you that I was there in, can you hear me? I was in Malaysia in October and we took a cardiologist that's on our consulting staff and she was amazed at the medical facilities and even some of the equipment that's made in the U.S. that exists in Malaysia and other countries that, that we don't have in some of the best of our hospitals. So medical travel is certainly a movement, and people want to go overseas um, or out of their hometown. What I'd like to do now is take some questions from each of you and see what would you like to ask these experts in both the facilitator, the destination, and also the insurance category. Yes. Well, for, first of all, um, here you go. Thank you. First of all, uh, I am familiar with few markets, and I traveled myself, and uh, I know some of the people there. And I'm impressed with Malaysia as well. But I think that when you talk to the travel agency, uh, th there are, I believe, more than 50 countries today that are competing and are offering similar things. And when they compare prices of the U.S., all of them are standing pretty well if you compare prices to the U.S. The question is this. Thank you. What, what really qualifies a travel agent to help a customer choose one of those 80 countries that are competing? Nothing. It could be confusing. I'm, I'm going to answer that to begin with, and then I'll turn it over to David. We, we don't think travel agents 
really should do any referral of any type regarding the destination as it relates to medical travel. Certainly wellness travel, which is why Dr. Mary showed that. It's not something you're an expert in. You know destinations. That's why we think you need to refer that client to a medical travel facilitator. Well-being's exclusive is Companion Global. You can use any medical facilitator. I can tell you, though, that there are very few very good ones. Let me just put it that way. So to answer your question, travel agents shouldn't be selecting the hospital, the destination, or the procedure. Even though Dr. Mary, when she came this time, she brought me slimming tea from Malaysia. <laughs> so David, would you add to that? Yeah, I would just add a couple other things. You know, I think if, if you go to our website, and there are others, um, uh, I see Joe Whitman in the audience, so Patients Beyond Borders, there's some really good cost comparisons there. The, the really prices go really any place from about 10% less than in America to 90%. So for instance, Brazil and Korea, the prices, almost by the time you pay for a plane ticket, you're really not going to save a whole lot of money. You may save 3 or 4% as a consumer um, for different reasons. Okay, um, but there are other places, um, like again, that uh, you know, India and Thailand and Malaysia, where the prices easily can be 75 to 85 percent lower than, than we, we, we uh, spend. So I think it really is is all over the place. I think you know, the, the issue comes up, the question comes up about who do you, who do you refer to? We really don't. You hopefully, as consumers, um, regardless of what country you're, you're from, we you would hopefully be pleased to know we don't take this business cavalierly. It's a patient by patient medical traveler by medical traveler business. We facilitate, we work with the, with the referral source, oftentimes the travel agents. We get the medical records in a HIPAA compliant format. We get them to two or three of our hospitals. Um, all the facilities we work with are accredited by the JCI. They all have international intake departments, so they have physicians that review the medical records, that suggest additional pre-travel testing, want to make sure that folks are safe and everything else. That, that's really, it's really key. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it up, up front. So hopefully that Thank you. Them. Hopefully that answered your question. Any other questions? Yes. Um, and just because you guys gave me an idea. So my, my audience, I'll go back and you have like, my audience, the people that I am inspiring travel for are actually primarily going through divorces or just post-divorces um, and other, you know, difficult times. How do I, because... Um, you know, obviously wellness travel is, is a big part of that and recommending that. But I've got so many, and just from seeing the presentation, um, women that are not only getting divorced, but then the first thing they go out and do is they have X amount of money to spend. They want to go on a trip, but they also want to have plastic surgery. How do I do the handoff of that in a competent way to, you know, what you guys are, are trying to, you know, move Great question. Sure. So what we would do, you, if you're an agent, for instance, you give us a call, you can go through our website or whatever. We we work directly with you. You do a handoff with the customer. We would work through them. We would recommend two or three places, regardless of what it is specifically they were interested in. Um, a total makeover. We would recommend only, I recommend only, I will say this about that. We don't receive any remuneration back from any of our hospitals. We never have taken a nickel from them for a number of different reasons. We just don't do it. But the, the flip side is, it's, it's very difficult, it, it, not difficult. It's time consuming. If a, if a consumer wanted to have like 12 or 13 different estimates, mm -hmm. each of the facilities take a lot of time going through the medical record and everything. So we would try to say, are you interested in Malaysia? Would you like to go to Istanbul? How about Costa Rica? Because there's time involved that goes with that. We go through that, make sure they're, not make sure, we try to test the fact that they're safe, safe to travel and all. We require our patients to have that discussion with their, with their local provider. 
Um, for cosmetics, a lot of times it's not an issue at all. Um, and then we hand, we do a warm transfer back to your agency. We, we're not involved in the, in the travel. We don't do holidays. That's not our forte. That's why we sought out well being travel. It's just not what, what we do. Okay, that's a great question. And just so that you know, for the agents in the audience, you know, we do recommend, and we have it on our site, that if you find out that you have a traveler that's interested in being a patient traveler, cosmetic or otherwise, then you would just have them sign off that you're not handling any of the medical piece, right. just to keep your liability down, and then send them off to David or another facilitator, and as he said, he would give you a warm transfer back, and then you stay on the travel side of it, instead of take just you know, giving the client away. And sell insurance. And sell insurance. <laughs> yes. Yes. Here's the mic. Okay. Um, thank you, uh, Dr. Mary. I have a quick question. Uh, because my background is uh, a medicine, actually, and right now I work on a media group. Uh, in my reality life, I met some case, just like a case study. They per perform like a surgery or like a, a plastic or like a you know cosmetic surgery, but you know around the uh, the surgical there is a we call like a parallel process of the aftercare after surgery. Mm -hmm. So my question is uh, how can we handle this question because we should uh, take that responsibility to the old client. So how can we tell the uh, traveler before everything happens that they know. There's no any concept after that. Okay, thank you. That's a good question. It's, it, the question refers to what about post-care for the particular client? How do you refer that? Again, I wouldn't talk about pre-care, post-care, any care. I would ascertain that your client's interested in that and that because of your expertise, you have found people who are experts in this area and then the facilitator will handle that. David and I, yeah, I would add, you know, I think the American Hospital Association twice in the last eight or nine years has come out with a couple of public statements about medical tourism internationally. Number one, it's substandard care, and number two, your doctor won't see you when you come home. Neither of which could be further from the truth. Just Google Rick Wade AHA. Um, and, and it's just not, not the case at all. And um, so, again, what we do, we work very closely with, with the hospitals. In fact, I, I will tell you this. Go to if any folks out here that are on Facebook, go to Kevin's New Knee, um, K-E-V-I-N apostrophe, Kevin's New Knee. He's one of our customers. He went public. He went to Malaysia, had his knee replaced, worked with his employer, had, had an unbelievable experience. But he asked the question, he asked himself the question, why on the earth would an American consumer travel to the other side of the world to have their knee replaced? It's pretty interesting. Um, it's unscripted and everything else, but, but that whole perspective... Um, it, the lengths of stays of our hospitals generally are a day or two longer than they might be in the U.S. doesn't mean that, that, the, that the hospitals are less efficient. They just realize that the patient might be getting on a plane in a few days or a week or two to travel either across the Gulf or across the Pacific or Atlantic. Um, and then, of course, we work very closely. Kevin, for instance, had all of his physical therapy back in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, and within, like, I don't know, seven or eight weeks, he rode his bike one, one morning, like, 30 miles. He's a bicyclist by training. And um, so that's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really similar. The whole aftercare process is very similar than any of us would, would, would perhaps achieve or receive here in America. Okay, Tracy. And then I just, just also wanted to quickly add that everything goes smoothly when they get back. And, of course, that's coordinated with the facilitator. But should there be a complication, the insurance complication coverage pays medical bills as well for that. So whether you're in your home country or they happen, in the uh, country that actually performed the procedure. 
Great. Dr. Mary, anything you want to add about post-care? Uh, we have a lot of foreign patients coming to Malaysia for treatment. And so far, we have no problem with post-care because the patient will not leave until the doctor certifies they are fit to leave. Should they want to leave, they will, they will actually communicate with the local doctors back home uh, during, uh, for, I mean, uh, tele, there's this teleconferencing or teleconsultation or telemedicine that's very easily available right now across borders, across countries. So a lot of communication will be, will be done between the doctors in Malaysia and the doctors back home and they can sort of cross-refer. So there's not, no problem so far as far as post-care in that term is concerned. And some of the hospitals within Malaysia do provide post-surgical or post-care insurance, you know, instead, uh, in case there's any uh, problem, they do provide that kind of insurance as well. Or as Tracy said, it's already included in the insurance, but great. And I would recommend to travel agents, you know, an important part of the post-care is to make sure you're not selling them a non-refundable ticket. Because in most cases, you know, it's Murphy's Law. So you should really try to sell a refundable ticket so they can make a change. Yes? Um, I'm curious what sort of resources are available for an agent that's looking to get into this field. It sounds like I know that Travel Market Report has a section on it, but is there anything else that they can go to to um, while they wouldn't necessarily be wanting to learn about these things so they can educate their clients, but just so they can have a bigger picture idea and feel more comfortable in this sector? Thank you for that commercial for Travel Market Report. Travel Market <laughs> Report and Daily Digital Publication does have a health and wellness section, so we have a lot of information there. There's also a lot of information in well-being travel, mm -hmm. um, and then we click to their sites so that you can also get information about particular destinations. We're going to be adding to that in the future, but certainly information about both Tracy's product and David as a facilitator. So we want you to have information so that you can speak intelligently, mm -hmm. but we really don't want you to be speak too intelligently um, because we don't want you to have that liability. I can't stress that enough. We think medical travel is growing. We think it's going to continue to grow. We want you to assist your clients with it, but we want you to stay on the travel side of it. So that's the answer. Thank you. Yes? If I come to Malaysia, thank you. If I come to Malaysia to get my knee replaced, and I come back to the United States after I had the surgery. Will you, the U.S. pay for physical therapy? Insurance companies here. The answer is yes to both questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, absolutely. Um, so if, but again, you leave. Let's say Sign Garvey Medical Center in, in Kuala Lumpur. You leave with a with a, um, a prescription for physical therapy three times a week for three weeks, just like you would Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Um, or Manitoba Medical Center, so Johns Hopkins affiliate in Istanbul. And you get that and you come back and you go to the local physical therapist. We've, we've not had a problem. We've facilitated a number of orthopedic cases, a number of limbs, and it's just not been a problem. But yeah, at that point, sure. If, you, if there's a $30 per visit or $70 per visit, um, you know, we've not had problems with insurances. Now, the particular PT provider, physical therapy provider, has got to be in their network, but it, it just, it, it's, it's not a problem. And also, just to your earlier question, you know, and David introduced Joe Woodman. Joe, do you want to just stand up? Joe is the founder of Patients Beyond Borders, which are publications on specific destinations, including Malaysia. So that those are great books that you can even have in your office so that your, your customers know that you, you do understand medical travel, but it's a great resource. Any other questions? <laughs>
Yes, please. Um, thanks. I just wanted to follow up um, on what this gentleman just asked, and that is, is there a maximum period when the insurance has given their authorization for the patient to travel? Does that insurance, in, say it's up to, do they pay the insurance for a maximum period, and if so, what is that period? I'm not sure. Are you referring? To, are you referring to specific to the travel insurance that the Tracy no. sells, or to, no? I'm, I'm so to like Blue Cross or United yes. Healthcare or Nursing. Yes. It's really specific to the members. Um, it's one of the things really in the culture that we live in. Everybody's got a different policy, and you may have a United Healthcare policy, um, and there might be 30 different policies that are sold in the state of where, where, New York. Um, I forgot where I was for a minute. Um, <laughs> and so. You know, it's just all over. You really, it's up to the specific member to, to know their, you know, there's a there's a men's clothing, or yeah, I think it's a men's clothing change in the Northeast U.S. called Sims. And the tagline is, the educated consumer is our best customer. And we, we believe that from a medical benefits perspective, that's really, really important. If a pre-search required, you need to get a pre-search required. Um, you know, some, a lot, an increasing number of employers are covering your, your airfare, your hotels, things like that, pre and post surgery. Um, but it doesn't mean that, that United Healthcare or Humana or Kaiser or Blue Cross across the board is going to. So you really, you really need to understand your specific employers or your individual benefit plan and work directly with your uh, with their. If there's 800 number on the back of your card or 866 number, or whatever. Call up and just say, look, I'm thinking about going to uh, uh, India to have my heart valve replaced. Is this a covered procedure? Is the hospital a network? Things like that. Keep in mind they have a vested interest as well because if you had a knee replacement here in the U.S., they're paying a claim that's forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. If you have it done in Malaysia, you can fly over, fly back, and have it all covered for one tenth of the price. So uh, we're finding that the Blues are understanding that and they're thrilled about that. And then you get the benefit of a lower deductible, lower copay. Sometimes the employer helps pay. They pay for a spouse to go. So um, it is kind of a win-win situation. Thank you. Yes? Um, just one quick question. On the 768000 um, that came to Malaysia last year, can you share what percentage of that were Americans or how that breaks down? Are you able to share that? Yes. Um, Okay, I don't have that figure. I don't have it here. Um, the 12,000 of America in 2012. 2013, I think we're expecting, we're still counting. Um, I've not got the latest figure yet, probably about 13 to 14,000. And, you know, I think it's, and I believe you said you had a 15% increase last year. Um, you know, obviously medical travel is regionalized, so you're going to see, you know, expats and probably the West Coast first going to Asian countries, um, and maybe New York is going to more of Central and South America. Um, but I think that Malaysia is a good example of what's really, what we think that as Americans, we think that we have the best <laughs> facilities and the best care, and quite honestly, we don't. I think, too, it's important to note that, um, as Dr. Wong was pointing out, that the waiting periods in the countries that have socialized medicine, um, that that is going to become a reality for us here. we got baby boomers coming of age. We've got um, socialized, I don't know if that's the politically correct word, but um, we have socialized medicine coming. So um, 
I'm already finding difficulties finding doctors. I walked into a doctor this week and they said, oh, we don't take Obamacare. And I said, I don't have Obamacare. That's fine, but we don't take it. So we're going to have problems with access to health care um, in the future. And so this is a wave that's coming whether we want it or not. I mean, the Canadians travel, the Australians travel. Uh, you probably get a large amount oh, yes. from Australia. Yes, we have. Um, the, the figures for Australia is equally as high as America, in fact, higher than America. So we have five more minutes. Any other questions? Any other statements you would like to make as the panelists? Yeah, I think um, um, I wouldn't expect a lot of Americans to travel to Malaysia for, for medical travel uh, because it's like it's something new to most Americans here. Um, I would expect that the, for the, for the um, travel agents or who would like to know more about medical travel, the first thing they must do is go to the country or destination and experience it yourself. So I would like to invite you to come to Malaysia, experience it for yourself. After all, to get a health screening is $200. Okay? If, you come to, if you come to Malaysia, just go for a health screening and check it out in our, in our hospitals, then you see for yourself what type of hospitals you have, what kind of doctors that you have, then you can be the mouthpiece to speak to your relatives, your friends. Don't even talk about your, your customers yet. You know, because I know that a lot of Americans today, especially baby boomers, um, we are, it's, it's, not, it's not just for America, for everybody in the world today, uh, healthcare cost is going up. And this is where a lot of people do not have access because to create a good healthcare system takes time. It takes a lot of time, and I have been to many countries around the world. I'm sad to say, a lot of patients do not have access to care, and this is where uh, I'm coming from a Ministry of Health perspective. That's why I say, if we can provide that care for you, why not? Seven hundred thousand is a lot of foreign patients coming to Malaysia, and they most of them pay out of pocket. They come with cash, and they go back with cash, and many of them are so happy. If I have spent it in my own country, I can't. I can't access to this care. Which because I think. Costly. Yeah. So I would like to invite you, you know, to come experience yourself and uh, probably we'll, we'll even um, provide some visits for you when you come over. Let me know. Thank you, Dr. Mary. Um, Dr. Mary was with us last week in Las Vegas for a well-being travel symposium where we had about 100 travel agents who were specializing in the well-being travel course or have specialized and we had a day and a half or two days of information. I think she was very astute. She said, you know what, I don't think travel agents are going to begin to sell medical travel. And I said, that's good because we don't want them. She said, but I think they want to experience. I can't tell you how many people told me I have, you know, a sister who needs this or I want, you know, liposuction or I'd like to have my teeth done. So I think Malaysia is going to come up with some packages that will open them up to the agency community as consumers. Um, and then, as she said, you can experience it. I would also recommend that in your newsletters or your marketing tools that you write about the custom assurance travel accident, um, medical travel accident policy because there, you have a lot of consumers that are really having medical travel. They're doing it, they're just not telling you. You may be booking their ticket, but you might not know they're going for cosmetic surgery. So I would recommend that you put it in there, that you sell it so that they can at least read about it. Even if they don't tell you why they're traveling, they can purchase that. 
So are there any final questions? If not, I'd like to thank David and Tracy and Dr. Mary, and they will be at the Wilbur.